Let me talk about sweat block. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about sweating. Uh, I don't know about you, but man, when I'm at the gym working out, I sweat like, well, like a man. Uh, You know, somebody who's really, you know, who can bench 585 pounds. Yeah, I can do it. Anyway, uh, listen, if you sweat, have a problem, and you haven't found the right uh, uh, deodorant and antiperspirant, sweat block is the best I've ever tried. It really is. Now, I haven't tried this, but I am because we're we're entering summer, which pretty much melts the skin off of your body. I'm going to try sweat block. This, this sweat block are wipes, and you put them under each arm or wherever you're sweating, uh, and uh, then, then you take a shower the next morning, and you don't apply anything for seven days. That's how powerful this stuff is. It's really great. You got the sweat tacos? Get rid of them. Really? Seriously? Try the deodorant stick. Best I've ever tried. Get it all today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code BECK. You can also find it at amazon.com, but save 20%. Sweatblock.com, promo code BECK. had some breaking news yesterday <laughs> in fact i'm gonna let a couple of people uh make the news uh here and report the news first this is a pilot followed by no the sorry it's a flight attendant that sings a song followed by a pilot on another plane announcing something yesterday April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Uh, Everybody was a little excited. Well, not everybody. You know, the judge that made that come true. (laughs) They are not qualified. And now a target of a smear campaign. We go there in 60 seconds. Sharon wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, after I had neck surgery in 2019, I still was left with a sensitivity and tenderness across my shoulder blades. After three and a half weeks on Relief Factor, the constant tenderness in that area is finally gone. Thank you so much for telling me about Relief Factor. Sharon, I'm glad you got your life back. You know, there's nothing like Relief Factor, literally, to take away inflation. Uh, yeah, inflammation. I'm sorry, inflation. We should just rub this all over the economy. Um, uh, inflammation is one of the biggest problems in our body. And, you know, ibuprofen 
even ibuprofen 800, only attacks that inflammation in one way. This relief factor attacks from four different directions. That's why so many people find relief from it. Try their three-week quick start. Developed just for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day, like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more month after month. Try it. See if you're part of that 70%. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. So, yesterday... Um, the, the U.S. District Judge, Catherine Kimball Mazel of Florida, uh, voided Biden's national mask mandate in airports, planes, and public transit. Now, immediately, the left began to smear her. You know, she, she's done work for the Federalist Society. She was appointed by Trump. She's a, listen to this, she's a Christian college graduate. The ABA says she's unqualified. She's a former Clarence Thomas clerk. She's a right-wing nut. I would take all of those and wear those as a badge of honor. Every single one. You know, you can really be defined by your enemies now. You know, who, who are your enemies? George Soros. Big enemy. Okay. I wear that as a badge of honor. The New York Times. Hates my guts. Great. The Democratic Party has spent millions trying to destroy me. Fantastic. Be proud of the people who don't like you. I mean, I wish more people would like, but they're engaged, many of them, knowingly trying to destroy our country. And destroy our value system and our families. So I'm pretty good with it. I'm pretty good with it. Oh my gosh, she went, except for the Christian college graduate. She's got to be nutty. Oh my gosh. Now, airlines begged for COVID-19 restrictions to be eased because everyone except people at the White House that are not flying commercially can't take it anymore. They just can't take it anymore. And you know what? It's not even the mask thing. It's that the mask we know makes no difference at all. None. Follow the freaking science. It doesn't make any difference. And I go into the airport and I can usually stand it until until the mask Nazi shows up. You get on one plane and the stewardesses and stewards are all cool. They're all cool. They're like, yeah, just the federal government's making us do this. Just, you know, do the smart thing. Keep it on, you know, but we're not going to be Nazis about it. And I wear my mask, but I don't I don't uh, pull it up every time I take a drink and then pull it back down. And you do eat very slowly. Yeah, you eat very slowly. It's good. It's good for your digestive system. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you get on other planes and they are Nazis about it. And those people bother me more than the federal mandate, quite honestly. Uh, but anyway, it was announced on January 2021. It's been extended five different times. It was set to uh, end yesterday, 
But the CDC said they needed one more teensy-weensy extension, just 15 days to flatten the curve. Yeah. So the judge ruled yesterday um, that, uh, no, uh-uh, no, they exceeded the CDC's statutory authority improperly invoked the good clause exemption to uh, to notice and comment rulemaking and failed to adequately explain its decisions. The t- court declared our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in pursuit of a desirable end. So what does this mean? Well, you don't have to wear your mask anymore. Now they're saying give them 24 hours before everything. I don't know why it takes 24 hours to just tell everybody in the airlines and at the airport. Uh, masks aren't required. I mean, that took me, what, three seconds? Masks aren't required. That's it. But, you know, the Biden administration, they have no clue what to do next. Yesterday, uh, Saki com- uh, commented on the CDC and the TSA and the DHS We're reviewing the uh, decision uh, right now. The Department of Justice will make any determination about litigation. No, they're not going to litigate. They are happy that a a judge in Florida, a Trump appointee, said no more masks. It got them out of the masks. This will be the one time that that they won't say, screw the court. Well, we've got to obey that evil trump person that's just not qualified but we'll do it because that's the law they're not going to fight it they're not going to fight it meanwhile alaska airlines american airlines delta airlines united airlines announced yesterday that masks now will be optional for employees and customers on all domestic flights see they got it doesn't take 24 hours to go uh masks aren't necessary anymore Face masks have been like boarding passes for nearly two years. You couldn't fly without one. But as of today, masks are optional in airports and onboard air traffic uh, effective immediately. That's according to Alaska Airlines. Delta advised its passengers that they might experience inconsistent enforcement during the next 24 hours. Yeah, because the zealots... I can't believe we're doing... What, are we just going to be a plane full of dead people by the time we make it to Detroit? Sarah Nelson, the president of the Association of Flight Attendants, said it takes a minimum of 24 to 48 hours to implement new procedures. I know, it's really difficult. Don't tell people they have to wear a mask. We need at least two days to everybody get that to everybody. Uh, Amtrak. This has got to piss Joe Biden off. Amtrak also said, yeah, we're not going to require Amtrak. Joe Biden practically built Amtrak. He laid the rails with his own hands. Oh, my gosh. Well, Amtrak passengers and employees are no longer required to wear masks while on uh, on board trains or in stations. Now, they did go on and say mask usage is strongly recommended for those that High personal risk, you know, those who aren't fully vaccinated or boosted. Uh, And they suggest that employees keep a mask on hand as a matter of professional etiquette, noting that 
it's possible you may be working closely with an employee who prefers that you wear a mask. Hmm. Really? Do they? Well, they can wear a mask. I'd prefer that they shut their fat trap about me not wearing a mask. You see, that's how personal choice works. Now, if I have somebody who is about to be sent to a leper colony and is also having, uh, you know, uh, heart issues and lung issues and liver issues or whatever, they're just very sick and 90, I probably would wear a mask if they were nice and ask, <laughs> I want that doorstep. <laughs> And I would like it if you'd wear a mask. Okay. I'd probably do that for that individual. Just out of polite courtesy, courtesy. not because it's effective. Yeah. I I think if, honestly, Glenn, if these were effective, I think most people would wear them happily. Right. Right. We'd want to try to stop people from getting sick. We just all know they don't do anything. Yeah, right. So I would probably do it if somebody asked me nicely and they were, you know, on death's door and they thought, you know, I would do it for a while at least. I'd be like, oh, we're going to be working together for the next, you know, few minutes. Sure, I'll wear a mask. That's fine. Uh, Makes you feel better. Doesn't really do anything. But I understand your condition and it'll make you feel better. I don't want to give you a heart attack just from working (laughs) with me without a mask. So you'd probably do that. You know what I mean? But the people that Amtrak are probably talking about are the people who are like, "Uh, you're not wearing a mask. I can't work around you. Good. Beat it. So. uh, So that's all that's over uh, now. uh, And the uh, power hungry government elites have just lost the fort. Um, We are winning on this. Now, I would like to suggest that we do two more things. One, uh, end the federal emergency. That never seems to happen. And never it's weird. I think we're still in a federal emergency from, you know, Hurricane Adele 1954. Uh, can we just end these states of emergency? Okay? We should do that. And we should also look into all of the mistakes that we made as a people and just say, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. We should probably never do that again. And then if laws need to be enacted, then we enact those laws. (laughs) I know it's wishful thinking, but wouldn't that be cool if you lived in a country that could do that? Imagine the freedom. Wow. A country ruled by common sense. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? All right. Back in just a minute. Do you know how inflation works? Who creates it? And uh, why the answer to pretty much everything to do with inflation is the Federal Reserve. What's the Fed? Do you know? What is it really? Who owns the Fed? Why is it something that... um, isn't a government agency, but has so much power to destroy the American economy. What is that? You absolutely need to be informed about what the Fed is, how it works, what it's supposed to do, how our inflation rate is out of out of your mind, crazy high. 
and what to do about it. Your kids do as well. The Tuttle Twins have a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. It is uh, based on the best-selling book about the Fed. That's like, I don't know, 500 pages and really, really good, worth reading. But most of us aren't going to read, you know, the G. Edward Griffin book, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. This one is, I don't know, 25 pages. And you can you can read it in one sitting and you can read it to your kids. Your kids, eight years old, will understand inflation, understand what the Fed really is, and it will change them. They're not going to learn this anyplace else. And I highly recommend that you read this book with your family before things get out of control. And the Fed steps up and says, oh, we've got the solution. They're the ones who created the problem. The Creature from Jekyll Island, the Tuttle Twins. Uh, I have asked them to make this particular book free. All you do is pay for shipping. But I think this is so crucial for families and parents and everybody to read. So you understand inflation and the Federal Reserve System. What is it? TuttleTwinsBeck.com. While supplies last, you can get your free copy of the Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. You just pay for the shipping. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Ten seconds. Station ID. Did you see that Donald Trump, this is how far we've come, Donald Trump is now the least unpopular leader in the country. Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a favorable rating of 44.9. Joe Biden has 43.3. Kamala Harris, 37.7. Nancy Pelosi, 35.8. Kevin McCarthy, 22.3. Chuck Schumer, 30.3. Mitch McConnell, 24.8. That's crazy. Because these people are like, he doesn't talk with anybody. He's so unpopular. Really, Chucky? He's got 15 points on you. (laughs) I would say there's a great number in the bunch. uh, No, no. But (laughs) still, this is how far we've come. A big difference. Yeah. Uh, And Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger said Monday he would love to challenge uh, former President Donald Trump in 2024, but he hasn't committed to running yet. He says he's toying with it. I'd love it. I really would. Uh, You know, it it would be fun, even if he crushed me like in a primary to be able to stand up and call out the garbage. It's just a necessary thing, regardless of who it is. I think it would be fun. Now, most Americans listening to me uh, right now are like, Adam, (laughs) who? (laughs) Who is? Yeah, because obviously not only would he lose, he's not even the best representative of the sort of anti-Trump wing of the party, whatever wing that is at this point. Okay, $10 Um, if you can name what state he's from. Illinois. Wow. Fork it over. Wow. Well, I, I now don't I do. Cash. I, I do this for a living, yeah. which is the only reason yeah. I would know that. Yeah, I I actually said ten bucks because I thought there was a chance. <laughs> it's a uh, good I mean, chance. even with even with what we do for a living, there's a chance. Yes. It's so definitely, nah, he's going to be great. Yeah. No, he's not. Uh, you know, look, there is at some level you're turning this into a business at this point, right? And and a run for pres the presidency. 
mm-hmm. as you are the guy who will be able to say bad things about Donald Trump and get on NBC every day is probably a good business move mm-hmm. for the guy. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he believes a lot of the stuff he says, but it's just like I'd like there's to run no functional reason for him to run for president. I'd like to run for president just for fun. Not even take Donald Trump on just well, well, for g- giggles. Give you know g- what I mean? Give a good, good example of this, uh, Glenn. Uh, Tim Ryan who ran, you may not even remember this, because I believe when we did the ranking the Democratic candidates, he was like 18th, okay? Mm -hmm. This is back in 2020, he ran. Mm -hmm. Very short time. Uh, He is now the overwhelming leader to be the Democratic nominee for the Senate in uh, Ohio. Mm. Um, And Mm. so... See, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't... You know, I, he's, I would run. He's elevated I'd his run profile within the party. It would be fun just sticking <laughs> forks in people, right? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just have people's, you know, George Soros' head explodes. It would be fantastic. I would love that part of it. But then I don't want to actually but do the job. A lot of this at this point is just a business, right? Yeah. You you announce a, a candidacy, your candidacy for president. Mm-hmm. You run. You get on the, a couple of debate stages. You maybe have a moment or two, or maybe in Tim Ryan's case, you don't. I mean, the, the man. Did not distinguish himself in any way hmm. other than just completely crashing and burning in the primary. But it was enough now that he has a little bit of name recognition mm-hmm. and he immediately is the leader for the nomination for the Senate, which he probably will lose. But it's not impossible. He has a shot at winning mm-hmm. it. Either way, even if he, the same thing's going to happen again, now he's going to be known as the Senate candidate who is a Democrat and that will open other doors for them. This is, uh, you know, this is a ladder. That people are climbing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say we cut all the rungs on the ladder? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I, I will say it's a, it's not a good thing. These really wide open fields that come out of these presidential campaigns lead to a bunch of people taking advantage of it personally for financial gain in most cases. There's only, you know, three or four, maybe five serious candidates and everybody else just kind of runs to to get their Twitter following higher. Yeah. So probably not a good thing. It's kind of like Beto, you know. Do you yeah, really but- want to live the life of Beto? No, 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 not really, not really. Tomorrow, I hope tomorrow we're gonna have uh, a candidate uh, for um, governor on with me. I've heard some good things about him. Would like to get to know him. Uh, hopefully, also the lieutenant governor will be joining us either tomorrow or the next day. Hoping to get her on. From where? Uh, Idaho. Okay. Idaho. Uh, it's kind of. I know it's a personal thing, but. After meeting the governor of Idaho, yeah, yeah, I'd like him to move to Illinois. Uh, I'm just, is that, was that too harsh? Was that, some people really like Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably very nice, especially this time of year. Especially this time of year. If you get into, into politics there, you could, you know, have a condo in jail. (laughs) Uh, Patriot Mobile. Either you're going to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. Little piece of wisdom from Alexander Hamilton. It's worth thinking about when and where you can. You should do business with the companies that share your values. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the the uh, same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. So you'll get the same great service. Plus, 
the peace of mind that comes with knowing your money is supporting things like free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides amazing service. Patriot Mobile shares your values, supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, and sanctity of life. It's Patriot Mobile. By the way, you're going to save a lot of money. Save a lot of money. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Oh, and you're going to get the same great coverage because they're on the same cell towers. Make the switch today. Support the company that supports you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch today. 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. Available in bookstores everywhere. That's true. Still number one. It's crazy. Hey, welcome. So, uh, Senator Chris Coons uh, from you know President Joe Biden's home state of Delaware has been called the president's closest Senate ally, even a shadow Secretary of State when he travels abroad. He and President Biden are very, very close, um, and he speaks to him all the time. Now Coons is using his clout to nudge Biden towards sending, are you ready, U.S. troops to fight the war in Ukraine. Last Thursday, he gave a uh, lecture, the Vandenberg Lecture, at the University of Michigan's Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy. Boy, that just sounds like a disaster. He said the United States is coming right up against the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, there's going to be a direct confrontation between NATO, the United States, the West and Russia. He said this is a 1939 moment. There's almost I'm quoting almost certainly there will be an incident in which Russians uh, leader Vladimir Putin goes too far, either within Ukraine by using chemical weapons or just over the border by claiming an accident in which cruise missiles strikes an arms depot where Americans are unloading stinger missiles from a C-17 about to go across the border. Mm. It's important that we look at this and uh, and consider troops uh, in the uh, in the defense of Ukraine, because if the answer is never, then we are inviting another level of escalation and brutality by Putin. That's good. That's good. Now, another advisor to another president, this time uh, the guy who is known as Putin's brain says Russia needs to escalate the Ukrainian war. Uh, his name, don't know if you've ever heard of him, Stu. Have you ever heard of Alexander Dugan? No. Mm. Who's this character? Well, he's a Russian philosopher, ultra-nationalist, mm. uh, and a guy who is referred to as Putin's brain mm-hmm. because he has such influence with Putin. Uh, he said, the Russian army is currently fighting the sovereign powers that impose a unipolar world. Uh, he said, we can't lose this war. Otherwise, the whole world will turn into a large fire. He has a way with words, doesn't he? Um, he's the guy who really shaped the policy in Ukraine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, in a Turkish newspaper, he said, there's a new countrywide offensive that is about to start. He said, the retreat was purely a tactical move. Uh, that would allow the army to execute revisions uh, and uh, seeming reference to organizational changes like the appointment of um, 
the um, the veteran of Russia's brutal campaign in Syria. Uh, he is going to do the offensive now, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, he said this is this is going to be not just a victory for Russia, but uh, our soldiers are not going to return home until targets all across the country have been destroyed and security has been established, or until Zelensky surrenders. So that is that is, I think really good we've got you know a couple advisors to each president that's saying hey we got to go to full-out war and uh and then there's trump who said this crazy thing he said this war should never have happened but it did if they don't reach a peace agreement soon there will be nothing left but death destruction and carnage it doesn't make sense that no one is sitting down and working out some kind of an agreement the solution can never be as good as it would have been before the shooting started, but there is a solution and should be figured out now, not later, when everyone is dead, end quote. What a crazy guy that guy is, huh? Hmm. Uh, one more thing, um, and see if, see if this seems like, to me, this is kind of like we shouldn't be developing biological weapons in places like Ukraine or China, but on a different level. Let me explain. You know the uh, the the uh, Russian uh, flagship, the Moskva. Yeah, the, the, that was the. They say it's the worst naval loss of anybody since World War II. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this is the one that uh, helped seize Snake Island uh, with the. You know when they said that yeah, the Ukrainians were like, you know, screw you. <laughs> um, it sank last Thursday. Uh, after being seriously damaged following an explosion. Now, Ukrainians are like, it was a missile strike. And the Russians are like, it was just an explosion. An onboard fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, um, it's now down to the bottom of the Black Sea. And uh, that's kind of a problem. Now, let me just read this to you. In 2020, it was decided that a Christian relic... The true cross that Jesus Christ was crucified on that was supposedly found by Roman Emperor Constantine's mother, um, Helena, and the alleged fragments of the cross that have over the centuries been dispersed among different sects and churches uh, was on board the Moskva. Uh, Quote, this relic used to belong to the Catholic Church, but it was acquired by an anonymous patron of the arts, and it was their will to send the relic to the Black Sea Fleet. Okay, um, but the, the operative word there is fleet, not send it to the Black Sea. Can you imagine you, you went and you negotiated a price for the true relic of the cross mm-hmm. from the catholic church which i don't think have bargain basement sales no <laughs> you know they, they don't They don't have like a bogo no, situation no going uh, on? No, no i don't mm-hmm. think so i haven't seen it right but, um so you went and you bought this and uh, then they put it on a ship and now it's lost at the bottom of the sea <laughs> you put it on a ship you were bringing to war yeah to take over, like this this story makes absolutely no sense. I mean, unless unless it's like Dugan, unless they think that mm. you know uh, Hitler Himmler was the one that really thought if we get the spear of destiny, 
look what's going to happen with us. Yeah. We're going to win. What was that book? The, uh, uh, the cult of, uh, remember it was a book yeah, that, it was uh, about the cult of Hitler's the, monsters. Hitler's, Hitler's monsters. monsters. Yes. Really great, a good book. Yeah. Great memory. That, Cause they talked about all the cultish stuff yeah. that they went into. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, them with symbolism and, and things of this nature that they oh, believed. Oh, they collected were, everything. Yeah. They were, they weird were crew. weirdos. Those Nazis. Yeah. Weird crew. So I wonder if it's kind of like Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, where they're trying to get the Ark of the Covenant because, you know, it, it will lead you. If you had the true cross on board, you know, you'd never, you'd never sink to the bottom of the blacks. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm. But why would you put that on a naval ship going to war. That seems pretty stupid. I cannot answer that one. And yeah. I don't think that they have a good answer to it either. It, it can't be true, can it? I, I can't. Yes, it says. Yes. Yes. But- the Moskova's true cross fragment embedded into a 19th century metal cross, which was stored in a, uh, I don't know, someplace uh, on the ship. Russian news agencies mm. say the Moskva convis- uh, commissioned in 1982 as the Slava is armed with the blah, blah, blah. The uh, Atlant-class guided missile cruiser was one of the two ships that seized the snakes, blah, blah, blah. Russia claimed that a fire had started on board under investigation. Russia reported that the fire was contained but damaged. The ship's crew was evacuated, but there has been no word if the Moskva's holy relic was saved as well or sank to the bottom of the Black Sea with the vessel, now a lost relic. Jeez, that's bizarre. I mean, it makes me want to put a scuba diving suit on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I don't, I don't know how never do. done it before. Well, I've done it once, and I thought I was approaching a rock, and it was an octopus. And when the rock had legs shoot out from it, <laughs> that was the last time I went scuba diving. Uh, so I might not be the best person that goes but it does make me want to go down i mean how far i mean how deep is the black sea i, I don't i don't know the answer to that yeah that this will be a future discovery oh, channel yeah. uh, episode well, actually the russians are probably going to go down there and try to get it themselves um is my guess but uh in the, in the middle well, of a war zone could... it's a little difficult at this at this time is it is it you can just swim out to it? They seem to have no belief that this would happen. Maybe this is the reason why. Everyone was like, why are they getting so close to the shore? Why are they getting within range of, of Ukrainian missiles? What are they doing with this ship? And <laughs> maybe this is what they believed. Maybe they believed they were going to be protected no matter what. Maybe Alexander Dugan was like, ah, you guys are fine. You got that, you got that, uh, you got piece that of cross. The, you got the piece of the cross. You got there. that piece of wood embedded into another. So it's not the actual cross. It's a piece of the cross embedded, supposedly in a cross. Yeah. Well, it was from uh, Constantine's mom, who, you know, she went over drunk on her own power. Like that's the cross. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know what? This is where it all happened. She had no idea. Mm-hmm. She had no idea. So you know, so it's not a, a real... No, I think it's somebody came up, Psst, hey, you're uh, Constantine's mom? <laughs> yeah. I got a piece of the cross right here. You got to see it, and I'll let it go for a deep, deep discount. Why? Looks like a piece of an old chair. Definitely not. Not a chair that I broke up just today. And I'm claiming it's a piece of the cross. It's definitely not that. Okay. It's the cross. 
Let's sink it at the bottom of the Black Sea. I think that's probably, I mean, celebrity voice impersonated. But oh, I, yeah. I thought that you were just playing no, audio. No, it was not that an actual just tape like, of, no, uh-uh. I know, mom, I, it's crazy. Huh. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Goldline. Not much doubt uh, as a country that we're in one of the more dicey positions we've ever been in. And the point of May return maybe ahead, maybe months ago. If you're looking at all this mess and wondering, yeah, what should I do? Right? Yeah, I know. I'm right there with you, brother. Have you called Goldline? Discuss the options with him. Tell, ask them why gold is, uh, is the place the world always returns to. Why it is the hedge, I say, against insanity. But everybody, the whole world knows, it is the hedge against inflation. Why? Because as the dollar goes down, gold goes up. Don't, please, don't buy paper gold. Get physical gold. They can explain that as well. Do your own homework. Call Goldline today and find out about their specials on graded $5 gold Indian head coins. These are beautiful. These are the ones I buy. Um, You'll be also possibly eligible for free platinum. Call, find out how to qualify. It's 866-GOLDLINE. Please do your own homework, but take this seriously. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Uh, just a, uh, a note uh, on the Easter Bunny. Um, in case you haven't heard this story yet, uh, the Easter Bunny was uh, telling the president what to do on uh, Sunday. Like in his head? He heard the Easter Bunny's voice? No, 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 no. This time we all saw the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and do we have the videotape of, of the Easter Bunny on the... He's talking about Afghanistan. Here comes the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny comes in between the president and a reporter and waves his hands or his paws in front of uh, the president's face and then points over there, dude. Over there. Yeah, run away from those reporters who might get you on record saying something. Correct. Uh, And... um, so it was really uh, was really weird. We found out now who the Easter Bunny uh, actually was. It, it was um, Megan Hayes, the White House director of message planning, mm. who has gotten much of the blame from reporters for the White House press access. So this is not the real Easter Bunny. This is a bunny. This is a person in a costume of the Easter Bunny in this particular instance. I'm not even going to answer that question. Okay. Well, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. But I, seemingly what you're saying is this was an aide to the president. That does seem like what I'm saying. Who's was dressed as the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Which is incredibly offensive, first of all. Uh, Amen. Get the real, I mean, you're the president of the United States, get the real Easter Bunny. But secondarily, I think uh, the issue here is that you have yeah. a person who's directing messaging mm-hmm. uh, who is not just, because there is a bit of a thing in white in the White House where you, you get... 
some aide dresses up as the Easter yeah. Bunny for this for this event. Sean Spicer was the Easter Bunny under George W. Bush at one Correct. point. Um, but they don't step in to stop the no, president they're not, from speaking. They're not. Uh, they're not, not your... presidential spies. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I need you to dress up as the Easter Bunny and listen to what he's doing. And if he gets in any trouble, you get in there. Yeah, but they have to do that. Yeah, all did you the see time. the the readings of the books with the kids and the Easter books? I don't think I did see this. Really? I, I with, saw with Jill Biden. I saw Jill telling uh, the president he had to wave. Uh huh. I saw that one. Yeah. And did you see the one where he says she won't let me read? And uh, she's like, no, no, you can read. Just stand here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy. When this the is scary. When man. the president is being told by his wife to wave and to just stand there. That's a problem. Multiple times under the breath uh, direction to the leader of the free world, supposedly, about basic human functions. Right. You're sitting there. You're in front of an audience. They're clapping for you. You wave to them like this is you don't need to be told that you don't need to be told. that. So who's really running things? Because I don't know if you saw this, the annual economic report on Thursday, uh, supposedly from the president. He mentioned the word gender. More than inflation. Gender was mentioned 127 times in his economic plan. Inflation, 87 times. Inequality, 147 times. And emissions, over 100 times. Again, this man being told what to do by the Easter Bunny. Uh, Maybe that's why we're not talking about inflation. This is the Glenn Beck Program.